This is Maureen Kafka, Sabrina BS Coach, here to tell you about the episode today. In this episode, I speak with pain coach Deb Malkin. We discuss chronic pain, the mind-body connection, and the importance of mindset. Deb also shares a tool that helped her to drastically reduce her pain and also gives tips to people on how to handle their relationships with family members when you have chronic pain during the holidays. Episode 120 of the Brain BS Podcast, Managing Pain During the Holidays. Do you want more out of your life, but not exactly sure what that might be? Are you longing for something, but can't quite put your finger on what it is? That is the universe speaking to you, and it is time to listen up. I'm your host, Maureen Kafkis, the Brain BS Coach. I created the Brain BS Podcast to help people define what success means to them and show them how to get it. I help you to let go of fear and doubt and prepare your nervous system for success. I show you how to understand your own energy and to trust yourself to make all the decisions. If you are ready to go inward and stop looking outside yourself for all the answers, this is the podcast for you. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Brain BS Podcast, my holiday series, my gift to the audience for this holiday season for those of you who are struggling. Today I have a guest, Deb Malkin who is a chronic pain coach, because that's the topic today. But before I introduce her, I just want to share a little bit about why I chose chronic pain as a topic for this series. Um, I was an occupational therapist for 25 years before I came to life coaching. And I know how much pain a lot of people are in. I experienced it myself with lower back pain from years of being the first bus girl ever at the Marjolaine's restaurant in Denver, Colorado, back in 1983, um, to lifting people in therapy in the hospital setting and really doing um, extensive, what I thought was damage to my back. So I ended up after decades of dealing with this pain, realizing that there was another route to handle it. And it was the first time that I was led to coaching and it was with an angel coach, if you can believe it. Um, I share that because now I'm gonna let Deb come on and introduce herself and she's gonna share her story and we're gonna talk a little bit about the mind-body connection. Cool, thank you so much, I appreciate this. Um, I definitely, you know, I came through my pain recovery story as a body worker. Um, I was having recovery, like reoccurring knee pain, and I studied biomechanics, so I was very body-based, right? I just believed that uh, if there was a pain in the body, that the remedy was in the body, and that there was either like some kind of misalignment or issue with the tissues, and so my focus was always on the body, and then I discovered the Curable app, uh, and I started working with it and reading about Dr. Sarno, and then I had what was an overnight experience um, with a really incredible pain reduction. So overnight, my pain that I had been focusing on in my knee reduced by 80%. 80 Tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, it's a a little bit of a long story, but really, here's here's the important part. Once I released this belief that I underlying it was this belief that I was doing it wrong, like whatever it was. So my biomechanics work was all about fixing my alignment. And what that did was it kept me in this loop of like sensing into the pain and thinking that there was something I needed to be doing differently. And it was creating this attention 
on this sensation and then reinforcing this story that like I wasn't safe, that there was something underlying in what I was doing that was creating the pain. And all I really did was apply these concepts that pain is a protective mechanism, that there's some kind of communication that's being delivered through pain. And um, so I went on a walk, basically. I went on what I call a safety walk. And I just started talking to my knee. And first my knee was like, you know, we don't trust you. And I was like, oh, and I like heard that, like I felt it. I, you know, my, obviously my knee didn't actually talk to me, but it <laughs> talked through my nervous system and I could yeah. feel that sense of mistrust and fear. And as I was walking, um, I just started imagining this sense of safety and like really having that inner conversation with myself that I could be trusted with my own body. And I, and every time I, you know, would like thinking about managing and, and, and rotating my femurs and putting myself in the right alignment, I just dropped all of that. And I kept coming back to like, I trust my body to know how to move, how to be in a position, how to take care of itself. And I would change my focus out from that kind of scrutiny and a like hyper focus on the biology into that felt sense of safety. And yeah, I wasn't really expecting much. I mean, now as a pain coach and helping people and doing this all the time and thinking about it this way, I now I'm like, well, of course it worked. But yeah, well, I'm going to stop you for one second. I want you to share because I'm not familiar with the curable app. And I actually think that that's one of the biggest gifts that we could give the audience today. So tell us a little bit about the Curable app. Sure. So the Curable app, I learned about it through a friend of mine through coaching, and she had cured her migraines by using this. So it is a, an app, um, and it takes you through kind of modern pain neuroscience. So there's a lot of different exercises. And it's a very kind of like they have a, a groups program that you can join, but the the app is like a standalone thing. And so it leads you through some education and some practices. So there's just writing exercises or meditations or just it helps you change your perception of the pain. But for me, uh, and so I often I I'm a like a uh, curable clinicians. So I can offer people six weeks free um, of the app. So if people ever want to reach out to me and try it, I'm happy to share a, a link or set you up with that because I believe like, you know, access to this education is really important. So oh, yeah, that's a huge gift. Change our experience with pain. And um, well, I'm just going to ask you yeah. one more question about Ooh. the app. How much is it after? You know six what? Weeks? I I don't know because I think I when I signed up for it, I think I signed up for the like the lifetime version and that was like three years ago. So currently I'm not really aware, but I think they often also have specials. But okay. I even just want to say like sometimes all that people need is six weeks. And there's lots of different there's a Facebook community around curable. So there's lots of different ways to access this information. Um, there's a great book by Alan Gordon, who's a pain psychologist called The Way Out. So there's a lot of kind of, uh, and there's a digital health company that uh, I'm a coach for called Lynn Health, and that does kind of 
pair people with coaches for pain coaching. So there's a kind of a kind of a universe now of um, people working in kind of the brain first. That's kind of what we're calling this mind body work using, you know, learning and and reassessing sensory experiences and this kind of brain first approach. So there's a kind of a whole universe and there's a lot of different ways to engage in it. And curable was my kind of first entree. And it, the thing that I was surprised about was that, yeah, as I kept doing it throughout the day, my pain went down. And then when I woke up the next morning, it was really changed. And so that for me was, was like that aha moment uh, because, you know, I what usually they're like, well, knee pain is like, you know, a natural part of aging, right? So you're getting older and I'm like a bigger person, you know, but what happened overnight is like, I didn't lose any weight overnight, you know, miraculously, and I didn't get any younger. So why did my pain change? Yeah, well, okay. So I can, I can tell you why your pain changed and you know, too, right? It's because there's clean pain and then there's dirty pain. The clean Mm -hmm. pain is whatever issues are going on physically in your body. The dirty pain is all the judgments and all the fears about what it's going to mean in the future. Like when I had low back pain, all I thought about was, what am I going to be like when I'm 70? What am I going to be like if I live to 80? And I was so worried and there's so much fear that comes around the pain. So when you let go of that fear and you just accept it's like, and I love the idea too, that you said pain is a message from your body to pay attention because I just, um, Yesterday, my low back pain's fine now, but now it's in my shoulders and neck. And I literally just said, I'm sorry to my neck yesterday because I spent too much time on my laptop. And I meant it from the bottom of my heart. I was like really sorry for my neck that I didn't take care of it. But this self-love and self-care is a really important piece of managing pain. Yeah. And, you know, we get a lot of messages about like, the right way to take care of our bodies. And so when we are often like, when we're feeling pain, it's it's normal to one, not wanna feel pain and seek out a remedy for it. And so sometimes those remedies lead us down these paths that actually reinforce that fear, catastrophizing and controlling in this very like limited medicalized view. And of course people should go get things checked out. Right. So when we're talking about kind of that mind body connection, we want to make sure that there are not active infections and, you know, broken bones and tumors and things. Right. So it's like when we get all of that cleared out, we put that aside. And even if you have that, then, you know, there's always something. It's always some kind of communication between our mind and our body and like getting to know what our inner conversation is about. And so I love that you're talking about fear, noticing that, you know, when you were experiencing back pain, you're probably very far from being 70, especially at that point. Yes. Yes. Were you thinking about that time? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's like where we place our attention uh, and, and kind of like the quality of it starts to reinforce this idea of like what we're experiencing. So with, pain reprocessing or mind body work, we, we often want to look at fear as like one of the main symptoms that we're trying to work with or alleviate and everybody experiences fear differently. 
Yeah. And it's kind of like you, you have to develop, uh, it's so weird. We live in these bodies, but we rarely listen to them. Yeah. We just push through and we do things and we just really have to develop a loving and respectful relationship mm -hmm. with our body and the pain, like work together to try to figure out how to get through this and don't be so frozen. I remember the first time I kept stopping and do like I kept you said you went walking. I kept stopping because I was so afraid that I was going to make it worse. And I did that for so long. And then all of a sudden, after I started doing angel therapy and all these different things, yeah. the one day I was like, oh, what if I just push through it? Yeah. What if I just push through it? I wonder what will happen. And that was the beginning mm. of me not having any low back pain now. And that went on and on forever. Yeah. And when, you know, when I do work in this field, I see people who've had fibromyalgia for 20 years, like one of my colleagues, like I see people change their pain, no matter how long they've had it. And so for me, that really just opens me up. It's like, I don't know what's possible for people to heal, like in a good way. Like yeah. I just feel that sense of possibilities, just like, why, why wouldn't somebody heal? Once they start to experience their physiology, their body stuff in a new way, kind of opening up. And I work from, I'm very like neuroscience based. I'm very like sciencey geek nerd, you know, kind of like thinking about it this way. So I often think about kind of like neural pathways and neural loops and synaptic sensitivity. Like those are the analogies that get me rolling, uh, which, you know, doesn't necessarily make them truer than angels, right? It's like, there's yeah, so many yeah. different ways that we can create this sense of safety, empowerment, listening, like that deep, respectful, loving, listening, not having a punishing attitude towards our body. And, um, you know, it, it makes sense. We don't come with owner's manuals. We can live our entire lives. You know, we don't have to have any conscious effort mostly to stay alive. You know, we need to eat food, we need to sleep, we need to do a few things, but like our heart beats without our conscious effort, you know? Our blood flows without our conscious effort. You know, we breathe without our conscious effort. Can you imagine if every time you needed to breathe, you had to remember to breathe? Like, I don't remember where my car keys are. Right. So it's like our bodies operate just fine without our consciousness. And so sometimes we're like, how can we be more in sync and really see our bodies as these like kind of places of healing and resiliency and strength? And then like really get curious and, and maybe even a little like skeptical of our conscious mind. Be like, why are you telling that story that I'm going to be like, you know, not able to do all the things, not able to enjoy the holidays, like, you know, to bring it back to this idea. Yeah, bringing it back to the holiday. holiday things. It's like, what are you worried about? Well, when we look at what we're worried about from a little bit of a distance and curiosity, we can actually, that's almost like a map to what it is we want more of and what it is that we want less of and where we think our body is going to be on our team and where we think you know, our body is going to interrupt 
things. Yeah, well, I have a question. I have a question yeah. for you because I'm thinking about the people that come to see you and I'm thinking about this time of year and I'm sure they open up and, and share mm -hmm. things with you and stuff. And I would think that one of the, the biggest challenges for them is their relationships with mm -hmm. their loved ones. Yeah. Because the expectations of what they think that they want from them and their guilt about not being able to deliver what it is they want. So how do you help them manage that part of it? I mean, I always, my work, like I always kind of, I like to work on a meta level where we're always able to see ourselves with the most loving eyes. So even if we like, hate our aunt and we don't want to go to her house like we can see that part of us that's feeling anger or frustration at least with some love and compassion right and then we just break it down sometimes like sometimes i'll use skills you know like the model and thought work and like so we can separate you know, what's a circumstance and what's your thought? What are you feeling, right? So we kind of put it in that cognitive frame so that we can start to separate the kind of the internal story, which is always felt um, uh, from kind of just like the neutral stuff. Like you have an aunt, there is a holiday, you are going to this house. And sometimes that helps people kind of like unravel what is a lifetime of like, you know, drama, dynamics and, drama <laughs> yeah. and like old stuff and new stuff. So creating that distance, that ability to be an observer, those are some real foundational skills. And those are foundational skills that are taught in all kinds of stress management, you know, whether it's meditation or, or, you know, lots of different kind of, you know, processes. And so we just start with that because being able to, um, shift your experience of pain really requires being able to kind of enter the sensation and create a new relationship with it and watch it change and so we can just build that habit and skill and ability in so many different ways so where we're not like a snowball rolling down the hill well if i go you know where you're already anticipating all of the pain physical and emotional that's going to be happening you know, because of this other person or going, you know, visiting family or whatever. So we just kind of slow, I slow things down and I just train yeah. people to slow it down. And so sometimes that slowing down training, um, like I always think of it as like, you know, neural pathways and, and these kind of loops that we get into and interrupting that. So with clients, sometimes I teach them things like tapping these kind of pattern interrupts. So sometimes I just teach them skills that they can use for themselves so we can create new practices and create kind of new um, new pathways for the brain to go and break out of these old, like, you know, mind-body habits. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, things just get to be new. And then we think about how do you want to feel? What do you want to do? Are there boundaries that you want to set? Is your yes a secret no? Like, is that like what yeah. do you want more of and what do you want less of? And, you know, and then kind of helping people find that way to create those boundaries or communicate or to change things and to also decide ahead of time how they want to feel. 
Like most people do want, you know, I mean, unless they like absolutely don't want to spend time with their family and they've cut it off and they've made other choices, you know, those people are very clear. They are very congruent in their actions and their thoughts. So it's like everybody else who's like, they want some of it and they don't want other parts. Yeah. Of it. When you're, you're one foot in, one foot out, it's like yeah. cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, there, you brought up so many valuable things and we're nearing the end of our time here. I mean, we could okay. talk about this topic forever. We could talk right? about this forever. Yeah. yeah. And I'll have you back on to talk about it for sure. Okay. Um, I'm just wondering if there's anything else. We'll put how to work with you in the show notes. And anything else that you have links to that you think would be helpful for the audience? Is there anything else that you wanted to share that you haven't shared yet? I think just, and you said this in the beginning, knowing that it's possible for things to be different. And of course, we want it to be possible for things to be different in the way that you want them to be different. And so really just holding that belief. And sometimes that is just asking yourself that question. What would I like more of, right? Like noticing how you're feeling when you're not feeling well, just creating that pause and be like, what would I like to feel right now? You know, or what would I like to feel in the future in this experience? And just asking that question, not even having an answer for it per se, but just opening up to the question. What I find oftentimes is like the, our subconscious really knows what we want. And we often just need to create that inner conversation and, and develop that. So those, you know, that's my tip. I don't, I never have those like do this and don't do that kind of tip. Um, oh no, your tips are great. They're so awesome. different and unique, but, uh, and then, oh, here's my other part, which is celebrate all the wins. Celebrate every moment where you were feeling congruent, where you set a boundary, where you said no, when you wanted to say no. And you said yes when you wanted to say yes. You know, if you need like sitting in a chair at dinner and then you're like, you know what, I'm going to be more comfortable on the couch right now for a little bit or I want to get up and walk around. Like every time you say yes to yourself in that way, like that deserves celebrating. Um, and so and I find like people get more of what they celebrate. And so in that process, just saying yes to yourself in these kind of complex family situations can be really, really helpful. And it can be really small things. Yes, I, I love that. That's a perfect way to end the podcast. Thanks for being here. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. And also just for wanting to, you know, share and help people feel better. I think that is really important. Oh, that's what we're all about at the Brain BS Podcast. All right, audience, I know you learned something valuable here today. See you next episode. Thanks for being here and learning about Brain BS. I hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. If you did, please take a little time to do a quick review, give me five stars, and share it with everyone you know. If you're actually interested in being on the podcast yourself or have questions about it, you can find me in the Brain BS podcast community on Facebook. See you next time.